feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. When I do turn around and say, hey, why are you saying this to me? Well, I'm saying it to protect you because I'm worried about you because I love you and I don't want you to get hurt. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Really Mental, where we want you to know that no matter who you are, you are not alone. And today we have a very special guest, Sam Nelson Harris from X Ambassadors. So we're really excited to get into today's conversation. Today we're talking about vulnerability. And I wanted to ask you if you could rate today's podcast a five stars and follow, like, subscribe at our socials at Really Mental Podcast. It would really mean a lot. And we think we're going to have an amazing conversation. So I think it will be worth a five-star review. Appreciate everyone listening. Harry, I want to start things off. In terms of vulnerability, how do you take, say, your most critical thoughts? And one, what are your most critical thoughts? And then two, how do you turn that into something that is constructive and actually push you forward in your life? And, and you know, how do you own those feelings? To answer number one, my most critical thoughts would be comparing myself to others and that I'm not good enough and that I'm not going to be able to succeed in what I'm doing and the self-doubts that I think everyone kind of experiences and has at one point in time. With that and with those self-doubts, I think personally, the way that I deal with them is by reminding myself why I started what I was doing and why I'm doing that and kind of navigating those thoughts in a positive way and kind of looking at them as motivation to why I was originally started what I was doing. And when you do feel very critical of yourself, do you have something that you tend to be like getting down about? Because I know that a lot of people probably have these thoughts, whether they recognize them or not consciously. Definitely. I think getting down about a few things, there's definitely a few triggers for me. I definitely social media can be one, to be honest. I find that that can really affect my inner thoughts and doubts and cloud who I am as a person sometimes. Seeing other people succeed is great, but it also sometimes when I'm at a low point, I really struggle with that. And I've gotten to a place now though, where I'm happy for other people because other people's success is my success. And I need to make sure that I'm just staying in my lane and making sure that I'm looking after myself and I'm not comparing myself to others that are in a different lane, if that makes sense. Can you go into that? Because that's the way you're turning that into something that can feed you and move you forward. How are you celebrating other people's achievements and changing that to a positive? Yeah, I think by realizing that when someone in the same industry as me succeeds, it shows that I can succeed as well and I can do something similar, if that makes sense. So I kind of like shifted the mindset. Instead of thinking when someone succeeds, that's me not succeeding. It's if someone succeeds, it shows that I can actually also succeed. And I think that that shift in mindset really helped me understand myself better and understand that we're in competition, but we're not in competition because I'm doing my own thing. Our real competition is ourselves, I feel. Yeah. With that in mind, we're really excited to hear what Sam has to say. If you feel like this could help a friend, please consider sharing it with them because his story is amazing. We're going to get onto it right now. Let's welcome Sam Nelson Harris from X Ambassadors to The Really Mental Show. Just want to let everyone know that we have an Amazon AMP show every Sunday at 7pm PT and 10pm ET with amazing guests similar to the podcast. Please go check out the Amazon AMP app and follow us at Really Mental. We'll see you guys there. 
So we are joined here with Sammy Nelson-Harris. I just added the (laughs) official name, Sam Nelson-Harris, but we're already on the nickname level. He's an incredible musician, songwriter, artist. Dancer. Yeah, dancer. And also actor, if we're we're really getting into it. (laughs) Multi, multi, multi hyphenate. He's from the band X Ambassadors, who you definitely have heard of. And to give you a scope of how big they are, when COVID hit, he was touring in Slovakia. Yeah. So this is this is global and we're, we're super excited to have him on. First of all, Sammy, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. We were chatting about this a little before we started rolling, but I'm doing this short film this weekend that is written and directed by my friend Colby Day. And he's a brilliant writer and it's a beautiful short and I'm acting in it. I'm dancing in it. I'm not singing in it. I'm, it's totally unrelated to to my music career. I think it's so important to do that kind of stuff and to shake yourself a little bit. For me, this is like semi outside my comfort zone, but not really because I was an actor before I was a musician for many, many years. And And I think to a degree, even with being in a band, there is a performance element to it that is akin to a lot of the stuff that I did when I was doing theater. It's unlocking new things in my brain and my nervous system. (laughs) Definitely. And today, obviously, we're talking about vulnerability and maintaining creativity. So when you're on set like that, how is it different to music in terms of putting yourself out there? Does it feel different? Is it a different approach? Yeah, I mean, it feels so different. And, And also, there are times when I realize like, oh, this is all kind of the same thing. This sounds very cliche, but you're all telling stories. You want to commit yourself to the story. So what is the song? Everything is is all about the song. And in film, it's like, what is what is the story? It's all about the film itself and all about the script and what serves that best and surrendering to that story. You have to be so hyper aware of yourself and your behaviors and your, your brain and, and your heart, and then also try and forget it all at the same time. There's no in-between to kind of cling on to. Like with music, you know, I'm focusing on my singing, right? And the song. It's external that I can grab onto and and be like, all right, well, you know, I am dealing with my own shit right now. I'm processing my shit, but I'm also just trying to sing the song. It's, I think, such a valuable experience for, for me. For so long, I was floating in this this space of of just being totally disconnected from my body and feeling like, you know, I uh, was just kind of floating through my days and floating through life to just practice being present. So important. So hard. Also, so hard. What are some things you do to be present? I meditate every morning for 10 minutes. First thing in the day, I wake up. I'd brush my teeth first, actually. That's the first thing I do. Gum hygiene. Yeah, gum hygiene. Yeah, I brush twice a day and I floss, dog. Your dentist must love you. I wake up and I meditate for 10 minutes. To be honest with you, I don't know if like I can consciously like feel it, feel how it has centered me at all. I definitely know like when I don't, my mind races a bit more. Sam. Do you guys meditate? Yeah, I love yeah. meditation. Um, I love it, man. And, and Harry started meditating too. Not consistently. Consistency yeah. is the hardest part for me personally. Yeah, that's fine. 10 minutes seems like a short period. It's like, I think Will's meditating for nearly an hour. Do you find that meditating for short periods wow. of time, like that 10 minutes is just way more effective for you? Because I find personally, I can't do an hour. I just get all up in my thoughts and it's just too long for me. 
Yeah, maybe I could work my way up to it. I got to a point where I was doing like 15 minutes. That was the longest I I got. But I think I'm uh, too crazy. I'm too crazy. I need I need I need to like I'm like, "All right, all right. All right. Let's get the self-care done and move Fact. on with my day," which is like so horrible, but that's the just the truth. One of the things I still have is I still haven't broken. I still I fucking check my phone. Like when I wake up, I'm yep. like, you know, I say, I, cause I turn my alarm off and then I see, I have all these messages or emails and I'm like, uh, it's instantly. so tempting. It's so tempting. Even an example this morning for me, right? I woke up first thing I did check my phone. And I, the first thing I had to do was a like urgent task. And it was <sighs> like, you have to do this now. So like, I was like in bed, grabbed my laptop, like straight away, like within two minutes of waking up having to like fix something. Oh. And I was like, I just shouldn't have checked my phone. If I didn't check my phone, I wouldn't have felt like it would have been pressured because it was like a time sensitive thing. I've been noticing that too, actually, especially this week because I released a song. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself a break because I want to see like what things are happening. Like that's the exciting part when you get to see things grow, obviously. But at the same time, I'm like, I can already see myself start to attach to external things happening around me. Like, oh, when are we getting this done and stuff? It's so easy to be on all the time. When did you get into meditating? When I realized that I was like going to just fucking burn out if I didn't start to do something to keep the demons at bay. No, I started meditating, I think like uh, 2018. So not that long ago. Prior to that, I was really into journaling. I just kind of stopped over the last three or four months and because things have been really busy. And and then I also just really love like taking that moment to just meditate in the morning and then start my day. And I usually start with something semi-creative. I have so many of these moleskins just like filled, filled with, with journals. That's a very meditative thing for me to just like write my shit down. I have outlets. I have music. I have other projects that I'm working on, if I'm acting in something, you know, I have outlets for any emotional turmoil or anything in my life that I'm struggling with. And I have, I have a therapist who I can talk to, but I also really appreciate having a journal that is like, no one's ever going to read these. I mean, hopefully no one will ever read these things. And like, I can just say like some of the nice shit, some of the ugly shit that is on my brain, you know, just like get it out. I don't keep things bottled up, but like, I don't ever like to be an asshole. Sometimes like I want to fucking get that, that aggression and that anger out. Yes. And for me, being able to write it down is really helpful and really constructive rather than having that like come out because it has, and it's gotten me in trouble and it's not the person that I want to be. And I think something Harry and I realized from just reading up about you and listening to the music is like, you talk on these themes of darkness, which I think is a strength to have because as humans, we all have light and dark. Like to understand the love and the beauty of something, we can say things that we don't mean and come across as not the best people because we're hurting with our own shit. So I think it's really important that you recognize that. And that's probably a healthy thing for you. I feel like if I look back on our first record and a bit of our second record, there's always this like glass half full mentality that I've had and that I was raised with and I try to believe in, you know, I always try to believe that there's some redemption somewhere. I think the truth is on this, on this new record, I I wanted to allow myself to, to go to some places that weren't so positive all the time. Because if I'm always presenting this optimistic outlook, it it, it becomes very one dimensional. 
It's something that I've, I've been really afraid of, I think, and afraid that it might alienate people from me or from my band or from, you know, whatever. I had to just get over that and just put it out there. And I, a lot of it also stems too from my brother. A lot of people just inherently, you know, they, they see my, my brother, a person who is blind, and they have this kind of like angelic idea of him that, you know, he's this like positivity warrior. In a lot of ways, he is, and he has learned to be a very happy person. He's opened himself up to that. But like my brother for many, many years was very depressed and dealt with a lot of anger and depression and was like not always a nice fucking guy. Like I'm his brother. Like he was an asshole to me a lot. And I was an asshole to him. That's something that's always frustrated me and motivated me to try and in my work show both the light and the dark when someone says to me like, oh, your brother is just such, what an angel. I get you because I got two younger brothers. So I get you on the, my middle brother's always the angel and I'm always the emotional wreck. (laughs) Oh my God. So I feel you on that one. How do you deal with your darkness? Because obviously music, you want to express what you've gone through for other people, but how do you actually deal with your own demons, as you say? Well, look, I believe in talking about things that make you uncomfortable and addressing things that, that make you uncomfortable to talk about in your, in your art and in your work. Oftentimes, I found that the second I start talking about some very real shit that's happened to me or my relationship with a person in the world who's a real person, and I put that and I record that, I get this like feeling of like, nervousness and discomfort. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should share this. This is like a little too real. That is exactly the moment when I know that it's good and that I should put it out. So that's usually how I tend to to deal with it. And I have to really dig deep. It's a really hard thing to like go into a room and think that you're being open and vulnerable with yourself and realize that you're not. And then try to struggle with that and figure out how you can be and you just, you kind of go down and down and down. What I've been trying to do lately is cut myself a little slack. One big thing that I've realized is that I think I have this addiction to my own anxiety because I think that it gives me an edge, right? Yeah. If I am not constantly stressed out, if I am not constantly anxious. I won't be productive. Exactly. I honestly recently just had, you know, an experience where I kind of had a little bit of a a come to Jesus moment with my wife and my manager and my band. Like they all kind of were able to say to me, like, you're acting like a fucking asshole and nobody wants to be around you because you're like letting this bleed into your relationships with us. And it was a real eye-opener for me. So I, I, lately, I've been trying to just cut myself slack. That surrender, I found some power in that. Opportunities have been coming and I still have been getting a lot of work done. I've honestly yeah. been more feeling more creative since I've let go a little bit and since I've allowed myself to take it easy on yourself, dude. You know, the best advice that my therapist has given me, that voice in your head that's saying all those awful things to you. If someone said that shit to you in real life, you'd be like, fuck you. I know. You can't talk to me like that. Or would you say that to somebody like... No way. 
No way. I wanted to say a little story on my end, just on the note, because I really relate to you on the anxiety of productivity of something I've been really experiencing probably the last two months. I can't watch TV. I can't watch a movie. It makes me feel sick. Just sitting down. It's like a massive thing that I'm really trying to figure out. I could play video games because I can play it with my friends and my internal excuse is I'm socializing, but I can't watch a movie. I can't sit down and watch Netflix. Is that the act of doing nothing that's causing anxiety? Yeah. And it's this act of doing nothing. And Will knows I work, weekends aren't a break for me. I work (laughs) every day, like constantly. Will will tell you, like I'm like 8 a.m. till like 9, 10 p.m., like 11 p.m. It's just the way that my brain works. If I'm not doing something, I feel like I'm not being productive and I'm wasting time. And even looking back and being aware of this majorly affected my relationship with my ex-girlfriend. I couldn't just sit and hang out with her. I would have to be doing something because if I was just sitting and hanging out with her, I would get super anxious. I'd be like, why are we wasting time? Like, I need to get this stuff done. As you said, kind of being addicted to your whole anxiety. And when I'm not feeling that way, when I'm feeling calm, I find that edge that when you're stressed, you get so much done in such a quick period of time. It's like your productivity goes 10x, but then you're actually just like, feel like shit. I'll be literally verge of a panic attack, but I'll be like grinding work, getting everything done, like smashing out everything, feel like I've got everything sorted. But internally, I'm on edge and like, oh crap, I'm about to snap. It's almost like eating only fast food to like keep yourself alive and keep yourself going. Yeah. It's letting you live and survive. Meanwhile, your insides are disintegrating and you are just like, you just can't go on and on and on like that. I totally, I totally relate, man. It is a thing that I really, really struggle with and I'm still struggling with. I, I think. The knowledge that it's going to always be a struggle is the hardest thing to wrap my head around. Like I'm supposed to one day fix it. And it's just, I, I don't think, I, I don't think that's the case. It's, it's just the journey of it, man. I'm interested, Sammy, for Harry, do you have any tips for him? Because it sounds like you've both, you're going through similar yeah. experiences at the moment. What advice would you give Harry? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Oh my God. I would love to hear any advice you have first. <laughs> do you have any advice for me? What do you reckon, Harry? What does your therapist said, Harry? Um, we're dealing with something else with my therapist. There's a lot of, there's, there's a few more things that we're dealing with. And the main thing right now I'm dealing with my therapist with is being too empathetic towards people and not putting my oxygen mask on first before putting it on for other people. Yeah, I feel that. That's my major one that we're dealing with right now. Once we deal with that, we'll deal with this, and then we'll deal with the later stuff as well. There's a few layers. But that's part of the first problem. Isn't that part of the first problem? That you're like, I'll deal about my, my issues with other people first before I deal about with my issues myself. Yeah, it's like- I'm the same <laughs> way. I'm naturally doing it as we're speaking. Yeah. I just don't naturally think that way. Like I don't, yeah. it doesn't, as even as I was saying it, I thought I was looking after myself, but then you just brought it to my <laughs> attention. I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but, but like you're not alone. I do the exact same thing. 99% of the time when I am stressed out about something, it is- something that someone else is doing and my worry about them or my relationship with them, it is so rare for me to say, I am dealing with something deep within me right now. So you have, do you have two brothers? Yeah. Two younger brothers. So I'm the yeah, eldest. Two, yo- two younger brothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 
I'm the I'm the younger brother between me and Casey, but we're so close in age that like growing up, I always took on the role of the older brother. And with him being visually impaired, like I felt this compulsion to always put up this like solid front of like, I got it. Let's worry about him uh, or let's worry about her or let's worry about them. You know, like let's worry about all the people in my in my sphere. I got it. Too much to carry sometimes. Too much, too much to carry. You can see it in my posture. Something I was talking to my therapist about was I was constantly like, okay, like I want to deal with it. I've been going on runs. I've been exercising, been trying meditation, been doing all these things. And he's like, all of these things are just suppressing it. You're not dealing with it. You're just doing things to just not feel it for like 20 minutes. And then it's just going to come back. Doing a meditation, doing these runs. Yeah, cool. They're good for you but you're not dealing with the actual problem. You're just delaying the problem by doing these things and distracting yourself. And that for me was like, oh crap, because everyone always says you need to meditate, you need to do all this stuff, but you actually just sometimes have to be friends with the beast. And this is what we're working on is like sitting with it and like going in with it and actually like asking it because it feels like it's not me. It feels like it's a little alien inside of me going in and actually asking like why it's there, what it's feeling, why it's feeling that way and actually having a conversation with it like you would with anyone coming from a place of love. And that's really, for me, helped in building this relationship with my anxiety, my doubts, my overthinking, all of these things that I'm dealing with. Because every time I get that feeling of anxiety, I just go and sit with it for five minutes and I'll try and have a conversation with it. And we're in the early stages of this, only been a few weeks since I've like been taught this from him, but it slowly started to allow me to understand why I'm feeling these ways because I'm a massive overthinker and I will create stories in my brain that are fabricated from nothing, literally from nothing. And then I will convince them that they are true because I kind of want them to be true because they make me feel anxious and they'll give me that edge and kind of like putting it onto yourself. So you you know what I mean? As we're saying- No, I I know exactly what you mean. If I actually look at my life from a paper perspective, nothing's really wrong. I'm doing pretty good. I'm taking on other people's stuff, but that's only because I'm trying to do it to myself. To please their expectations? I would say it's a mix of trying to please other people, but also it's very selfish on my end as well because I actually want to feel that way in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to feel that way, but I also am kind of addicted to feeling that way. It's kind of like I'm going to use drugs as an example. And you can't get off it. Like you are constantly always thinking about it and you're not going to deal with that. Like it's kind of like the same thing. I'm addicted to that feeling. My mom always put it down to being addicted to the feeling of adrenaline because whenever I stop, I get really sick. Yeah. As soon as I take a break, I get very, very, very sick for a while. Same. Yeah. I I get sick or I I have like some sort of injury, you know, and then and sometimes the injury, sometimes the body tells you too. Sometimes I've had like an injury and and that's like for me I'm like oh I got to slow down. <laughs> you know, I got to I got to take it easy. I love the idea of making friends with that with that little alien in you. You know, that's what this entire album is about that that we just put out and this podcast that we're working on too. It's all about that journey for me and those parts of yourself that you think are so ugly and so unappealing if shown to the world, would leave you completely abandoned and completely alone. A lot of that is a story that you've made up in your head. Also, those parts of yourself are always going to be there. They're always going to be there. They're always going to be with you. Yeah. I mean, if you're stuck in that cell together, 
you might as well become friends, you know, exactly. like you might as well like bunk buddies start to, yeah, start to like really see each other. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like I don't do enough of that. I still revert to the like, okay, I'm feeling this way. How do I fix this? Let me take a walk or let me meditate or let me work out or let me watch TV and get my brain off of it. Rather than saying like, why are you so upset that you didn't get put on this playlist? For me, what I come to realize is that it's a protection thing, you know, like this this voice a lot of the time is like that's so hard and and is like, nah, this this song fucking sucks. This album sucks. It's not real, it's not genuine. That performance, I could see right through you. When I do turn around and say, Hey, why are you saying this to me? <laughs> well, I'm saying it to protect you because I'm worried about you, because I love you, and I don't want you to get hurt. That's a big realization that I often come to is that like, oh, you're doing this out of love. All this like self-deprecating, awful way of communicating to myself is because this little alien in me is like really worried about me. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing that we're sort of touching on here is sometimes there's this real pressure and a need to be positive, almost to a, a toxic extent. I fucking hate it, man. I hate it so much. It, and it, it drives me so crazy, especially here in... You know, in, in LA, there is like this positivity muck sometimes that just sinks you in and you're like, oh God, I'm not like- But it's fake positivity. It's not even real. It's I know. not even real. I find myself being like, shit, man, like why am I not as confident as this person or like so stoked about myself and my own shit as this person clearly I is? feel that. <laughs> you know, going back to what we keep touching on, the light and the dark, it's so important to have both. Like for me- on my journey with mental health, I'm like, same time as you, I started meditating. It's like 2018, 2017. I'm still figuring out how to be friends. I spent so long of that journey thinking that I would reach a point where suddenly I'd hit this sort of peak and this, it would just plateau and I'd, I'd stay there, like at this level of just peace and confidence. But the only constant life is change. So, of course, it just is a roller coaster. I think after like three to four years on that journey, without anyone really guiding me on this, I'm, I'm just realizing that I still haven't really learned and I'm learning now how to process my negative emotions and realize that there can be a bright side to the anxiety I'm feeling. Like maybe I can establish a better connection with myself through this anxiety. The last four years has been me trying to push it away through meditation. It was just a different distraction that I thought was more beneficial or whatever. And I don't think anyone really speaks about that. So, I think interesting points coming up here. As we're speaking on the whole positivity thing, I'm realizing like I'm a very positive and like happy person, but I'm also so negative and will actually speak my truth as well. If I'm feeling like shit, I'm not afraid to say I'm feeling like yeah. shit because right. why would I fake it? Like I'm not going to try and put a facade up for other people to like me because at the end of the day, my biggest thing is I believe that you'll either like me if you do or you won't if you won't. I think something that really helped me was finding the cause of why I'm feeling this anxiety and it was always fear-based. So, you know how yours was coming from a place of love? I was always coming from a place of what can go wrong. And the two things I came down to it was social media massively, massive, massively massive, affects yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that comes from a place of like, wanting people to accept and like caring about what other people think of me, how many likes of photos, getting engagement, things that are out of my control. 
Mm-hmm. That's I don't like it. I like to con- be able to control certain things. And that was the thing that I have to work on because I'm very much like control. And then romantic relationships is a major thing that has been a hard thing. This fear of being alone. I mean, that's the biggest one, I think, for for any of us, that fear of abandonment, you know, and the post-traumatic stress of having felt that before, it you know, and never wanting to feel that again. It, it creates these crazy, crazy walls and boundaries and then also those voices and and perpetuates that fear. And I think for me, like with the fear that I could make an ass out of myself in front of the front of everyone and have everyone abandon me and leave me forever is I think tied in with this voice really caring and not wanting that to happen. And in that, in my little alien saying like, I don't want this to happen. I'm so afraid of this happening to you. Why? Because I love you and I don't want you to be hurt. You know, that's, that's kind of where it comes down to for me. I love that. Exactly. Like I had these notes of, um, and we had these notes of, you know, your journey and stuff, but I think this chat has been so much more productive because we're getting an insight to you now in your headspace. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. I wanted to ask you one last question in the next six to 12 months. What are your goals in an ideal world? In the next six to 12 months, I really want to find more moments that I found recently where I was just like, let go a little bit, let go a little bit. First of all, like, I, I want to really get better at delegating and saying like, you can do this. I'm going to let you do this. I'm not going to be over your shoulder. I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do it. Just do it. And it'll be what it is. So I want to try to find more moments like that. But we're going to be on tour. I, I, you know, I want to get back in front of people, you know, again and playing because I desperately need approval. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And if they were to stream one of X Ambassador's songs right now, whichever one's your favorite, what would you say? You know, there's a song on our new record called Conversations with My Friends, which is one of my favorite songs I think I've ever written. We wrote it in like 30 minutes wrote it and recorded it in 30 minutes. It's just like this. I always kind of wanted to do like a little weirdo punk song on, on one of our records and we did it. And it's, I think it's really cool. It's really rad. Sick. I'm going to listen to it awesome. in the car and thank you. whoever's thank listening you. should do the same. I appreciate your honesty and thank you so much for your time and coming on. Thank and you. And I think it's really, really beautiful what you guys are doing with this podcast. Talking about mental health is obviously such an important thing. It's fucking ridiculous that it's like a newish thing you know for people to feel comfortable talking about and addressing especially men you know addressing i i think that it's really great and i'm so happy to be here thank you so will i really liked that episode with sam i wanted to ask you what was your biggest takeaway i think the thing that I hadn't really thought of before as being addicted to the nervousness. And I know that you and Sam both had had that experience. So that was really interesting for me because I think maybe in some ways I definitely can relate to that. I just hadn't really heard that perspective before. So it was really interesting for me to just hear that from obviously a person who's performing so much and putting himself so much out of his comfort zone. It was really nice to hear that he has meditation because I've found that that's been so helpful for me as well, especially when you're constantly putting yourself out there in the way that you do with like, you know, music, acting, modeling, whatever it is in, you know, this entertainment industry. It can be a lot. So I'm glad that he had meditation to go to and journaling. That's a, a pretty nice sort of takeaway for today is to find a couple of things that you can do for free 
that are easy to access that can, in your moments of vulnerability, of stress, you can go to to take a deep breath. I literally did not mean for that to rhyme, but obviously I am a songwriter. I really appreciated the fact that Sam was very clear about sometimes the weight he feels on his shoulders. So I think again, for me, just like it was really nice and a good chance for me to continue to work on my empathy because through doing this podcast, we get to see so many people that are working on different sides of themselves. So that'd be my takeaway from today, finding something you can do for free to sort of manage the stress and the pressure you can sometimes feel. Yeah. And I think with that, thank you for everyone. If you made it this far, if you could please share subscribe, follow and follow us on our socials at Really Mental and hopefully please give us a five-star review. Just send us some questions because we always love to hear what you guys have to say and what you guys are going through. And if you guys want us to cover any topics, we are always open and happy to do that. So yeah, thank you so much. And we have an amazing guest next week. So make sure you tune in. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. If you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation. Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that.